Hey guys, a message from one of our sponsors, Hamcan Labs. So if you're ever looking to look after your rest, your recovery and your sleep, look into CBD. If it's not CBD oil, CBD gummies or CBD infused coffee, they've got a lot of products out there. Okay, use our code LSP to get a 10% uh, discount on any of their products at Hemcan Labs. So look in the, uh, click in the link of the description, type in that code LSP and you get 10% off all their amazing products. If you want to look after your sleep, your rest, your recovery, anything to do with anxiety, look into it, guys. Performance is important, but recovery is even more important. And the best way to make sure you're making getting the most out of your recovery is by using CBD oil. So please use our code LSP to get 10% off on all products. Link in the description. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ready and you're listening to the Last Air Podcast. And man, episode 87. This is a, this is a good one because... Over the weekend, we had a phenomenal uh, main event, a uh, fight car between, on UFC 265. Mm-hmm. And between the main event between Cyril Garn and Derek Lewis. And now France has its very first UFC champion. And yes. now... Interim heavyweight champion. Interim heavyweight champion. Well, that's a good keyword there, interim. Because mm. now we know that for a fact... Cyril Garn must fight Francis Ngannou for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. Now, interesting facts about the weekend. I think it was one of the worst betting loss, uh, losses ever. Apparently, a massive amount of the fan base betted on Derek Lewis to win. Because there was such a big difference in yeah. odds. It was like a, a dollar twenty-five yeah. on Garn and then $3.85 like or something stupid on that. So you could like almost quadruple your money yeah. if, you, if you bet on him to... And like he's... I mean, I've bet on him in the past, right, against uh, Volkov, right, and he won, and by the skin of his teeth as well, because it was the <laughs> last few seconds, because Volkov was beating him at every exchange until the very last, you know, ten seconds. So I get what they mean. Like he, the guy, the guy is often not the favorite. He's always the underdog, and that's why he's loved by, by so many because. You know, he's able to get those finishes in the weirdest possible moments against some of the toughest levels of elite competition, yet not really being that well-rounded in an yeah. MMA fighter himself. Like, a lot of people were saying... He's the best, worst MMA fighter, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah, and, and that he... Essentially, the, the make it clear that, look, MMA doesn't work on Lewis. Well, it does. It's just... Mm-hmm. It just needs to be a specific person, and they, they can't make mistakes. And Garm was just... He was just uh, clinical in his approach, you know. Um, he was just so patient and he had a game plan coming in. He knew the strikes. He knew how to piece him up. He knew how to chop him down. <laughs> when Derek Lewis was just looking for that one punch. And that's kind of what he did. He was loading up so much on his shots. Mm. I think there was one point during the fight where everyone thought Derek Lewis was going to put him away. I think it was in the second or third. Second round, yes, where he had Derek uh, Cyril Garn running towards the cage, mm. and he was had his back exposed. He was really trying to put him into that. Sorry, trying to uh, put him away with a few shots, mm. but just couldn't. Sometimes he might take the first round off, and that's what's funny about Lewis. Sometimes because he doesn't have the longest gas tank, he doesn't really favor the five round fights. No, he, um, he, he kind of like lets that first round go, and then. Second and third round, that's when you mainly see his his knockout wins. If it goes past that, then, you know, 
He, you know, he has won some de- decisions in the past, but if anyone was going to win by decision, it was going to be Cyril Khan. Oh, for a fact. We knew that if he didn't make it past the first f- two two rounds, it probably would have definitely gone to Khan. Mm-hmm. Bec- and we saw that dramatically by the end. I felt like Lewis was just trying so hard to put him away. By the time he hit the third round, he was just trying to give it everything he got left. And then Khan just pieced him up with the jab, with the leg kicks. And it was just, there wasn't really much much hope for him and then it wasn't and not in that but he significantly outstruck him as well it just he was too quick he was in and out the in and out movement was uh significant because whenever lewis started to load up on shots but it mainly his movement kind of set up what happened later so in turn so for lewis to in, in order to catch those people on the way in he has to take a massive step forward how does gone stop that from happening goes in and out Beats the shit out of that front leg. That's mm. what he did. He crippled that front leg, especially in that third round. Mm-hmm. Lewis didn't like that. He, he almost he almost fell on it, like fell down to the ground after how heavy those kicks from Gone were. Paralyzed that front lead leg. Wasn't able to step in. He made sure that he was the first one in the exchange. If Lewis was the first person in the exchange, it would be different because then he could lunge forward and you know sever that space, right? Gun just made sure that didn't happen. When he came in really close, he'd have him up against the cage, and he looked, even though he we- he weighed less than Lewis, he was like two forty six on the night, mm. right? Well under the lightweight limit of two sixty six or mm-hmm. two sixty five, right? And he was winning those exchanges, um, creating a lot of openings. Especially there was one beautiful left uppercut that managed to crack underneath Lewis's guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Sometimes when Lewis gets cracked, he kind of goes into panic mode sometimes himself. He's used to doing the cracking. So when he gets hit himself, he can, he can, uh, like he, he kind of, he turns away. He kind of invites for, for the other opponent to just swing around when he's got his back turned and cover up. And it, it doesn't really work against someone's like Gun because then Gun he just sees red and he did these massive looping shots. Mm. Boom, 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 cracking him with everything. And then eventually Lewis went down. And it's got to suck because in front of your whole crowd where everyone's booing the Frenchman and you're the guy from Houston, Texas, and yeah. everyone is beating your drum and going, you know, USA, yeah. USA. It's got to be rough because he's sitting there and he's just going, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Especially he's the one that lift stole the belt the interim belt and put it up and raised it for, for Houston. It's a shame. Garn's just, he's fucking clinical. He's so good on the feet mm. and he's a, he's a really quick learner. Yeah. It's just, it was a clear cut as, as the longer the fight went on, the more and more it just wasn't in Garn's favor. I mean, the first round was, you know, a bit back and was, uh, it was pretty clear that Garn had, was in, uh, was in the lead because he had 35 strikes attempted, 26 succeeded, and then Derek only threw 11 and succeeded in three. And then again, that gap got bigger in the second round where Cyril Garland's 29 attempted strikes, so he succeeded 23. And then Derek was 10, succeeded in five. And then finally in round three, when he put him away, 58. So that probably would have just got more and more in rounds four and five for a fact. And then Garn would have just, uh, sorry, Derek Lewis would have just gone down, further down. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, Garn's very, he's just so accurate. He's just too quick. He just too, uh, too precise. But the thing is, though, everyone loves to do it, Derek, because he's a very, very entertaining fighter. He's a very 
entertaining person. I'm a person, I'm a big fan of his uh, Instagram and all that. <laughs> and uh, he was talking a lot of shit and he knows how to hype up the fights. But when it came to just being on the cage, just he was up against Garn, who was clearly in favour to win the title and who should arguably... I don't know, it's just... Looking back at it, like I wanted Lerick Lewis to win because obviously he's a clear favourite, but it didn't really... The, obviously the odds spoke for themselves... Garn's record spoke for himself. You know, the man's still undefeated. You know, he's he's got a re- he's on a rise in the UFC. So, this race right now, uh, it's quite it was quite uh, obvious to how it was going to go. Mm. Just I didn't think it was going to be by knockout. I thought it would have just like pieced him out and gone to decision. I, I thought it would have been to decision as well. It just shows Garn can crack too. You know, everyone said, oh, he well, he knocked out a washed uh, JDS. I don't think JDS was washed. And if, you know, you've got to rate some of his wins, especially his submissions wins. So, I mean, a finish was probable, right? I just thought the decision process was a bit more probable than that, right? Um I mean, Garn, I, I was more so excited for Garn to win because we've seen Nganu fight um, Derek Lewis before. And that was one of the shittest fights ever in heavy, <laughs> like in terms of MMA, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't good, especially in terms of the heavyweight fight. It wasn't a, wasn't a barn burner, okay? Um, they were too afraid of each other's power. Too much respect. Right after Nganu had a big setback loss against Stipe Miocic and he kind of lost a bit, little bit of his confidence and a bit of his like his fighter personality, which he's got now, right? Now we get gone to be fight, to, to fight Francis and Ganu. They're all old teammates that came up in, in, in Paris, France, right? And Ganu had a little bit of shade around him by his past, uh, who's Cyril Gan's, um mentor, his coach, on how they split up. And, you know, there's a bit of drama there. What I like to see is how nice Cyril Garn was. He's so nice, dude. He's either, when he was there, and everyone's trying to egg him on, and Cormier's trying to get like hype up the fight for him. He's actually just saying, "Let's go, let's yeah. go." He's the nicest guy. And then I looked up because I didn't know I I knew his nickname Bon Gammon, but I didn't actually know what it means. What when does you, it mean? In, in French, it means um, good kid. Really? Good, and then that it describes his personality. So he's a soft-spoken Frenchman who's built like a fucking brick shit house and he's got KO power, submission ability, he's got cardio, he can go to the fifth round and he and he can stand and trade with some of the biggest hitters in the world like Derek Lewis, who has technically beat Francis Ngannou. Mm-hmm. So this is a new kind of matchup and I think a lot of people were very, I mean, we never talked about it, but like a lot of people were very upset about doing an interim heavyweight championship since... Ngannou had only got the belt three months ago. But, fuck, the shit writes itself. Yeah. It's fucking good. It's yeah. good shit. If 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 Derek beat um, uh, Cyril Garn, they get the a rematch and, I mean, they can't have the shittest fight, fight in the world twice, can yeah. they? So, I mean, do I agree that maybe it shouldn't have been an interim heavyweight fight? No. But it definitely hypes it up even more, right? I think Dana did the right thing. Yeah. I think he did the right thing. And uh, I'd, I can't wait for Ngannou to fight Garn. I know Garn said he want, he's he got his kid on the way mm-hmm. and he wants to take a couple months off. 
So it looks like maybe I don't know. It won't no- happen till next year. That's no, what I, I think. I think it'll happen this year. Really? I reckon November, December, because John Jones wants to fight next year, and Stipe has already accepted a fight against John Jones. Oh, okay. So do we? But we, we don't have a date book for that. Don't have a date book, and we don't no. know if. Uh, but I got a feeling they might open up the year with that. Yeah, most likely maybe January or something. Because I can like see that. that the return of the go, or yeah, yeah, exactly. You know that, and then you got Stipe coming back, and Stipe is so beloved. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can definitely see it happening. Uh yeah, I mean, well, now that Derek Lewis has lost, who do you think's next for him? Because clearly, Garn is next for next. Obviously, going to fight uh, Nagani. Um. Who would I take against Lewis? We've already had the fight with Curtis Blades. Yeah. I think Lewis should just take a bit of time off, yeah. honestly. He's, well, he's very active. He's very active for a heavyweight. And yeah. I think when you're taking big blows like that, you should have some time off. So I think I think the decision is kind of for Lewis to take a bit of time off, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't mind revisiting maybe a a Lewis Rosenstrike fight, but I think the main thing is take a bit of time off, dude. But I can't. I'm so hyped for Garn versus Garner. If that, that'll happen, probably this year, maybe November, December, and then Jones versus Stipe would probably happen next next year because Jones put out a statement saying, um, "Well, a Twitter. It's not really a statement. It's just this." His Twitter shit talk. Yeah, um, John, he, he said. Jump onto that real quickly. Yeah, he said champion twenty twenty two. Yeah, so that's what he's looking. At. He's looking for maybe a title run at twenty twenty two. I can definitely see it happening. Anyway, so the most impressive um, or the most surprising victory for me for the night was Vicente Luque versus Michael Chase Chiesa. Uh, right off the bat, I had no idea that he was going to come in get a first round submission. Right. Here's the stats. With the same submission that he got Tyrone Woodley in, just this time he did it in 31 seconds quicker. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, he always, usually goes for that dash choke, and it, like the dash choke often does work like... It, it works quite well against the wrestlers and things like that because when they go down there and, and they've stuck their head to the side, um, if they're not quick enough to taking you down, you know, there's always the opportunity to clean their neck. And either go for a guillotine or go for a das, right? Especially when you're rolling around with them. And Kies is damn good on the ground. He almost had him. So he almost had him, had him at one point. Um, and then he was transitioning to an armbar, lost the armbar, was in a bit of a shitty, you know, position on the ground. Mm-hmm. And and then Luke just he wasted no time. Yeah. The squeeze on that guy. You know, you usually they take a little bit of time in order to set it in. Boom, he it was like yeah. It was like butter. He's damn good on the ground, and you know another first round, a uh, first round finish. Those are huge, and also it's the fourth time that he's done that. Mm-hmm. It's the fourth time he's done that uh, dash choke, and the Tony Ferguson of the of the yeah. welterweight division. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I was like saying, I, uh, but the thing is also with Vicente Luque, I get like very Charles Oliveira vibes off him sometimes. I feel like he's a uh, yeah, well, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. He's got a lot of submissions. Mm. And the thing is with uh, Facente Luque, he is n- he's exciting because he's not the kind of guy who likes to leave it to the judges. He always gets stoppages. Uh, last time, 
unless it was a split decision against Mike Perry or a unanimous decision that he lost to Stefan Thompson. But other than that, of his last 10 fights, he always either finishes with punches or a submission. Yep. Or, of course, there was Nico Price, which he won by a doctor stoppage in the third round. But then again... He's a finisher. He's a dark horse of the division. Yeah, He's got to be for sure. I honestly believe... I I, I know it's so weird, but I feel like he's going to have to wait a little bit longer, which is okay because he's quite young. um, Because... He's now, he's sixth in the division. He's beat fifth, right? Above him is Stefan Thompson, who I believe he should get next, even though Kamara Usman's like, yep, yeah, all right, I'll give him a fight. However, you know, he's, he's still got uh, Colby Covington who's got a fight, and then you've got Leon Edwards is in front of him in line. So actually, no, I take it back. You know who I feel like he should fight next? Gilbert Burns. That would be a cool fight. I think Gilbert still wants to fight either or. I mean, to be honest, he's call- let's be real. Gilbert's calling out everyone mm-hmm. constantly. He's a fucking badass. Um, I mean, that would be teammates fighting teammates. He was in Vicente Luque's corner mm. um, the entirety of the whole main, of, main event. So, I mean, he's what, you should have seen how happy he was when he was actually, like, celebrating Vicente Luque's win. You know, they're both in the same division, but mm-hmm. he couldn't be more happier for the guy, yeah. you know? I know with, with Gilbert Burns, I think he should fight maybe a Jorge Masvidal. Um, I know he's, he's calling out everyone in the sun. He even called out Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz is fucking silent on him. <laughs> but because we know who would win that fight. He's calling out Leon Edwards. I, I would like to see Gilbert Burns versus Leon Edwards yeah. or something like that because I, I, think, I think Gilbert would win that fight. Yeah, me too. Um, I think maybe, fuck it, Leon Edwards versus Vicente Luque. Yeah. That's a cracker of a fight, yeah. especially on the feet. I'd love to see that because they're both super well-rounded. You know, Leon Edwards can submit you. He can he can beat you up. He can outlast you. Well, he, I reckon that would be sick. I reckon that would be really good. And it kind of separates the contenders. I know Leon's he's done a shit ton of yeah of uh, grinding, grinding right. But if he was to fight, maybe like Jorge Masvidal would be a really cool one, right? But he's on a on a two fight uh, losing streak, right? If he fights Thompson. That's a guy on a losing streak. He could fight Gilbert Burns, but Gilbert Burns is calling him out constantly and he's not saying anything. So I think Leon Edwards versus Luke would be cool. And then you've got Gilbert Burns versus either Jorge or um, someone else. Yeah. Well, well yeah. it's because Vicente has gone through a lot of setbacks to get to where he is. Like... Uh, he was cut. He was on a. He was on like a uh, six-fight winning streak, and then he lost to Stephen Thompson, and he had to go back down the line. Before that, he was already on a four-fight losing streak, and he lost to Leon Edwards. So now he's again on a four-fight winning streak. He needs to make sure he keeps this win up. Otherwise, I feel like what will probably happen if he loses is he gets further shut down the pack. For for him to revisit that fight and have a. Because he's built up, like, Leon's built up a massive uh, win streak. Yeah. And Vicente Luque's built up a massive win streak, right? Mm -hmm. Why not, why can't they revisit each other and have a rematch? Really will tell tell who's the better contender to fight Kamara next. Since Kamara's kind of sitting there going, well, after Colby, who am I fighting? Right? Mm -hmm. If he's fortunate enough to beat Colby. Colby's a tall task. Like he's just overstepped Leon. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, that's because Kamara's already beaten Leon before, but then again, that well, was years ago. That was a 10-fight win streak ago. 
So yeah. there's, there's a they've both changed. They both changed, and yeah. that was before that he was he was a uh, champion. So, nah, it, it's a very interesting time in the welterweight division. A little bit of a clusterfuck, I'll be honest. Mm. But because the some of them fought each other and some some of them refusing to fight each other, mm. so it's a bit. It's a bit strange, but I think Vicente Luque versus Leon Edwards as a rematch would be a fucking cool fight. That'd be a sick fight. That, w- that would be good. I can see... Oh, that's a hard fight to predict, though. Super tough. I, I, I would maybe... I know he's lost to Leon in the past, but I would... I, th- I don't know. It's hard. It's yeah. very hard. I think maybe Luque has just changed a bit. I yeah. think he's changed a bit. Anyway, yeah. um, next up we had Aldo versus Munez. Um... Mm. I was really impressed with that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, it truth tr- be told, that was the best way someone told me in a gym. It felt like they were watching a younger version. Sorry, Aldo fight a younger version of himself. There was a very, very similar style between the two. Very high guard, very quick, lots of feints, mm. utilizing those leg kicks. There was there wasn't really any uh, takedowns or anything that went down much in that fight, so not likely with those two. Both of them were trying to counter each other quite quickly, so there was a there was a lot of similarities between the two. There's I've, I didn't really have too much to say other than the fact that I completely agree with the decision. I like the way that Aldo is slowly building himself back up, uh, climbing the rankings, especially now in ban- bantamweight where he just looks jacked as fuck. And uh, he's up to fu- uh, he's up to he's on rank five at the moment. I mean, he fought against uh, uh, Pedro Munoz. He's ranked nine, so that's four spots. That's a bit of a jump. So really, I feel like uh, Jose Aldo is just further building up a win streak for his last run at probably w- sorry, what probably will be his last run at a title shot. Yeah, thirty four about a ten thirty five. Like yeah. you know, he's he's close to the end of his like athletic prime, mm-hmm. especially. When your athletic prime is typically a bit shorter in the lower divisions than than the the upper like the light heavyweights and middleweights and things like that, so now Aldo Aldo looks spectacular, quick, fast, light on his feet, constant counters, um, beautiful body shots as well. Um, yeah, his countering was it was very good. It's mainly his speed. You know, usually sometimes as you age, you know. You know, speed starts to decline a little bit, but at bantamweight, you know, he's maybe he's not hanging around as much weight. Maybe he's doing a little bit more agility stuff. He's uh, obviously in order to make that weight, he's doing a lot of cardio. So I'm guessing his cardiovascular ability is still pretty good. He's got to get a nutritionist um, in order to get down there so he's eating the right food. So look, I, I think he looks. It was like vintage Aldo, mm-hmm. and he looks damn good. And Munoz, you know, I think maybe he paid probably a little bit too much respect to Aldo, maybe in some of the exchanges. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they both did very well. They ve- did very very well. I think Aldo, if since he's trying to do his last round at at uh, at bantamweight, I think either maybe him versus Corey Sanhagen or yeah. him versus uh, TJ Dillashaw would be a, a cool fight. I know he wants TJ. Oh, that's a legends fight, pretty much. That's a very for uh, for the ex featherweight champion to fight the the ex. Uh, bantamweight. I mean, they're both two-time X champions. Yeah. So, which is funny. So, for TJ X bantamweight champion, two-time champion, to fight Jose, that's a fucking that's a cool fight. Yeah. Well, it's because Jose kind of needs these wins right now because he was coming off a three-fight losing streak before he fought Marlon Vera. 
Mm. And then now he's uh he's getting on a two five win streak. He kinda was abandoning um with Aldo when you're thirty four and when you go down a weight division and when you're in your last run of your title, you abandon the I I'm not saying he has, but you typically want to abandon the reckless shots. Mm. You only want to pick the shots that are going to give you points or score high points. And I felt for him it was that constant feint, catching with a jab or catching with a counterpunch or leg kicks. Mm. There wasn't really too much, like, wild swings. Risk-taking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I can say. And Pedro, towards the end of the fight, he was starting to take those risks. He was like, fuck it. Right, I'm, I'm not going to win this on points. I may as well just try and put Which him away. Which is what he does and yeah. what he did against Frankie Edgar as well. Yeah. Which I respect as well. Yeah, you can tell. I can maybe understand a little bit with the with the statement that like he's he looked like a younger Aldo mm-hmm. against like an older you know, style of outer. Mm. I just, I was damn good. It was damn good. Maybe Munoz actually gave him a little bit too much respect in some of the exchanges, you know, because he was trying to faint and counter a little bit too much. But um, Aldo did very well. Sharp, fast. He shredded as fuck at bantamweight. He was shredded at featherweight. And I have no idea how he makes bantamweight, but he's looking damn good. So I reckon him versus TJ is a, is a great fight. Um... I just don't know who wins that fight, and that's what makes the fight so interesting. Because TJ looked good against Corey, and it is his division, but Aldo is the larger man and a fucking legend of the sport. It makes a very cool fight. So I think TJ versus Aldo would be a a sick fight since they're both on a one-fight win streak Mm -hmm. in the respective division. That'd be sick. If we can't fit that in, you know, I would really love a Aldo versus Cody Garbrandt. Aldo? Yeah. But Cody's moving uh, to 125. Yeah. He's He's fighting Kaikar France. However, oh, yeah. But however, that's correct. However, he's still ranked in bantamweight. Um, he probably will keep his ranking, but yeah. it will slowly decrease as he's not active in that. I don't th- see him moving back to 135. I see him staying at 125. Mm-hmm. He's a small dude. He's not that big, to be honest. Yeah. He'll be big at band uh, at uh, flyweight. He'll be similar to like a, a Figueredo, mm-hmm. but he's small. Like he's spoken about it with him and TJ. He's um, him and TJ. Like he was smaller than TJ. Like he weighed less than TJ, yet they were in the same division and they were both champions. So whether or not Cody can take the same punishment at flyweight or maybe the flyweights hit a little bit less. And either way, it'll be uh, just, it'll determine whether or not, because to be honest, I think he's made for that division. Yeah. And I think it's, it's it might be a bit weird to say that since he's always been at 135 and he looks quite big, but apparently he just doesn't weigh that much. Apparently he really should be a 125er. Fuck it. Go to that division. Flyweights need speed. And God, Cody has the fastest hands at fucking bantamweight. So <laughs> him at flyweight would be scary. I just don't want to see him like wreck his body to get to, band, uh, to flyweight like TJ. Yeah. But apparently... The cut will should should be pretty easy. Yeah. And it's not the first time he's made one twenty five. Since he tried to do it and then he had his bicep injury anyway. Yeah. So I think maybe his loss to um Rob Font. 
Rob Font has just kicked him into gear and went to flyweight. Yeah. It's just you're fighting Kai Kai in France, so fucking hell. Yeah, that would be that, great. That's a brutal. That's I don't. I don't know if I, I don't know if Cody wins that fight. I think Kai might win that. Mm. I think Kai might win that. Actually, Kai's damn good. Yeah, really good. Anyway, uh, also one of the most impressive performances that we saw over the weekend was. Uh, Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny. Mm. Now I wanted Song to win this fight really bad because I still I remember on the weekend I went back and watched the Carla Phillips fight again against Song mm, and I just mm. thought, how did he lose that? Yeah, I, I honestly still believe that Song won that fight. And then, uh, so when he me too, huh? me too. yeah. So when I when I was watching that fight and when he got to the decision, it was a bit of a nail biter. Uh, there were it was pretty close, I would say. But then again, I still firmly hurt my feet on the ground that Song won it, and he did. They almost fucked him over again. Yeah. Because it was a split gave, decision. Who the fuck gave Casey the nod? Yeah. The, one of the divisions, uh, one of the uh, judges made the decision. Yeah. I don't even think it was a 29-28. I think no, it was a 27-29. I think it was a 27-29. Hold on, let me double No, no, it'll be a 30. It's probably like a 30-27. I think they gave a 30-27 to Casey Kenny. Who the fuck scored that? Yeah, he did. They did. Who the fuck scored thirty twenty seven to Casey? He won maybe the maybe the last round. No, sorry, my bad. Um twenty nine twenty eight twenty nine to Casey. Twenty eight oh, okay. twenty nine twenty eight to Song and thirty twenty seven to Casey. Sorry to Song. Okay. Well yeah, the twenty nine that makes more sense. Again, twenty nine twenty eight doesn't make sense. They yeah. were they were not that close. They were not that close. You can clearly see on the, the strike differential there's a massive nah. difference. Uh two hundred and fifty seven to Song. 192 Casey, and of those 257, 160 landed, and 190, 78. So we couldn't even get half. There you go. More stupid. You, you can look at the, the significant strikes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. No, Song Song won that fight. And I was going for Casey, and I predicted Casey to win by decision. But look, Song won, and, and he rightfully so. But they almost fucked him over again. <laughs> well, Honestly. it's because he's young. You know, it's twenty three. You got the Chinese star against the uh, American, you know, Casey Kenny and all. So is Casey Kenny American? Oh, sorry, hold on. I thought he was British. Hold on. Is he? Let me just double check. Double check facts for us. I thought he was British. Hold on. Uh, maybe I'm I'm thinking incorrectly. Maybe I could be mixing it up with someone who he's fought with. No, he's not. He's American. I think. No, he's American. He's not. Because one of the gentlemen he was fighting, he was British. I've mixed that up. Because I remember he was fighting on the, um, uh, which which fight was it? It was the Habib card, Habib Nurmagomedov against Justin Gaethje card. When we wa watched it at the Crown, um, and they gave Casey the nod on that, which I didn't agree yeah. actually. So he's who? Kenny's American. He's from uh, Arizona. Yeah, he's yeah. American. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but what it was, it was a case of the Ute and a new talent um, against the much more seasoned veteran. Mm. Um, and I was really impressed, uh, especially Song has gotten so much better since his last fight. He was so much more active. And I said to, I thought to him, you need to make, when it comes to the decision, you need to make sure you're proving to the judges that you got it all nailed down. It can't just be a little bit, you have to really space it out. Mm. And, uh, it was a very back and forth fight, I'll give you that. But what was really impressive from Song is Song's, Song's uh, shots, he was really starting to load up on him, like the overhand right. He's fast. He just kept popping him with it. And it got really heated. Um, when, uh, was it K 
Casey kept baiting at him mm. and then they were screaming at each other and it was like, okay. And he just gave him like this massive body kick, which just like landed. And I thought that would have oof, just got him. But I really like songs like aggressive, like charging style. Mm. Like he doesn't want to come back. He just wants to keep moving forward. He wants to keep keep throwing that jab. Mm. And then he goes, he would throw quite a lot of leg kicks as well. But a lot of like all these different types of kicks, high kicks, low kicks. And he just made the most of his skill set. The only thing that was a downside of him was the wrestling. Like he said, oh, he wanted to use his wrestling. Which he's been working on. Yeah, which was kind of strange because if you actually look at the stats of the fight, he only attempted three takedowns and succeeded, succeeded in zero. No. Casey Kenny uh, attempted five and succeeded in one takedown. Yeah. He's been working on his um, his takedown offense and defense by going to Team Alpha Male. Um, you can see that Uriah Faber was in his corner that night. Um, I mean, Song's just very good on the feet. He's very sharp. He's very quick. He's got youth on his side. And he's got... And because he came into MMA at a really young age... Um, of course, with you know that Chinese background and, and that whole mentality with sport and things like that, he's going to be a big threat in in the division in the future. Um, at first, I was thinking maybe we can maybe we should pair him up with like uh, a Cody Stammen or something like that. That'd be a cool fight. But I've I actually have a better idea. Song Yudong versus Sean O'Malley. Because Sean doesn't have a, a ranked opponent yet, right? Why not fight Song? Ooh. Song's 23, young as fuck, you know, and he's very good on the feet. Yeah. Have him fight, have, have him fight Sean. Fuck it. Do it. Yeah, that, can, that could happen because they're both very young. But just to come back, um, uh, Song Yudong has full Cody Stammen. They had a draw. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a draw back in 2019. Yeah. So maybe they could run it back. But then again, it would be nice because uh, Song Yudong's young and he, you know, he's got a big fan base behind him. And then you got uh, uh, Sean O'Malley, who's not ranked as well. And they obviously the UFC wants to build him up. I can definitely see that fight happening. Because uh, the Song's like definitely heading towards that top 15 area. If he gets a couple more fights under his belt, he could definitely be there. And this, the other thing is, he's got again, he's got time on his side. Twenty three years old, and he's what song was ranked? Uh, song, she's not. No, song isn't ranked yet. Are you sure? I'm. He must have been ranked at some point. Yeah, I'm quite. He w- he was in the top fifteen at one point. He was in the top fifteen, and I think he lost it to Carla Phillips. Oh, true. Yeah, that's that's what happened. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Song, if fair enough, Song Yudong versus Sean O'Malley. That's a fucking cool fight. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, Rafael Fitziev versus Bobby Green. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that was performance of the night. That, that was, was fucking sick. That was crazy. He's so good on the feet. Both of them. Both <laughs> of them. Bobby Green, it was like one of his best performances as a, as a vet, right? And then Rafael Fitziev. Damn, he's good on the feet. His head movement, his rocking back and forth his foot movement everything is so solid he's got such like a rock solid muay thai style that's just so like these guys just got the basics so de- like down pat so good his head movement is like lightning quick it's it's very very quick it's everything he's doing is so natural to him and those leg kicks fuck he just throws it with so much grit 
mm-hmm. like a bit of fucking spite and shit. And he's damn good. He's so good on the feet, man. Um, yeah, he's. I'd love to see uh, more of him. Bobby Green did very well as as well. Um, that last round was a belter. You know, that's when, you know, look like Fitzgerald was signed to slow down just because the output was so high in this first and second round. But Rafael did so well. Fuck, he's so good. His leg kicks were brutal. His head movement uh, counters were so, like, his his slip counters were brilliant. I I, I can imagine him being uh, a big issue in the, t- in the top 15 or mm. top 10. Yeah, I, I you're right. Um. I was really impressed though. I thought the fight, honestly, at the end of the fight, I thought, I thought it was going to go to Bobby. Mm. Because Bobby actually threw more strikes. He actually landed more strikes as well. But it looked like the more Rafael was actually throwing, uh, felt like his strikes were doing more damage. Mm. And he kind of had Bobby running at one point. That last round, you could maybe give to maybe Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing it was, uh, I feel like it was giving it away for Bobby was the fact that he was just letting him stand there and hit him and just like shake it off. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives away points in a way, so you can't really let that happen. But the way that those two were fighting was really, really exciting. And that was the last card of the prelims. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was a main of, uh, main main card uh, style yeah. fight. Yeah. And that had everybody talking. Uh, Called out Hasbro as well. Yeah, that's what I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but <laughs> I'm waiting for Hasbro to respond as well. But I thought that was just a funny thing to do. I mean, I hadn't really, uh, my, uh, was it, uh, Raphael wasn't on my radar at all because he's only had a, f- um, he's had a few fights in the UFC, but he lost his UFC debut. And since then, he's had two decision wins and one uh, win via knockout. And now he's got another win. And then he's 28. And he's been very active on Twitter. That's yes. where I've seen him. And going back and forth with a few bantamweight fighters and that. Yeah. I'd seen him training and I'd seen his fights and that. He's he's good. He's damn good. His Muay Thai is just so solid. Um I, I wanna see more of him. I wanna see more of him. I just don't know who we who I f- pair him up with, to be honest. But I wanna see more of him. Uh, he's damn I can, good. I can well if he's he's very active then, I mean, he could fight well, he's only fought once this year, actually. Mm. But he fought a few times. He fought a couple of times last year, and he fought a couple of times in 2019 in USC. So I definitely can see him getting booked again for a fight because when you have one fight like that, mm. it puts eyes on you, and it puts eyes on you from, especially from the fans, from the matchbookers, and also from the, uh, what is it, from other fighters themselves. So they'll definitely start calling him out. And then again, Rafael's 28, young got time before he hits his prime mm. and uh he's still and he already he puts on that one fight that gets everyone on watching him it's good it can be used as a springboard mm. uh just again i don't feel like he should get anyone ranked i just feel like another fight for him anytime soon yeah and then build up a little bit more of a solid resume and then before you start pushing him but he's got a good record of just 10 and 1 mm-hmm. yeah exactly i'd love to just see him fight in the future that's all um, maybe just gather a little bit more experience and things like that and then hopefully crack that top 15. I, I'd love to see him. He, his stand-up is very enjoyable and he's he's really got uh, that hard-nosed Muay Thai kind of style where he just puts his chin down and he just, he just batters. He just it's good that you mentioned that as well because he fights out of Tiger ty- ty- Muay Thai. Yeah, the guys that come out of there like like Peter Yarn and that, they're, yeah. they're very good. Yeah. Especially and Leg kick-wise, they're so good. 
they have a track. They released a documentary on YouTube of a training camp that they put up. Yeah, and it's just it's brutal. The br- it's brutal. They fucking beat the shit out of him just for fun, really. And then they get him to. Uh, I think what they do is they get some pro fighters, and there's one of the ways that they used to break them down is they get them to. Uh, like do some sparring with them when they're already absolutely exhausted and then they get them to do some core conditioning where they just push up against uh, a bag and then on their toes and they just start throwing all these uh, kicks at them to start mm. to kick to their midsection and it just, it fucking wrecks them. Yeah. And then they make them go do some more runs up the hill. They fuck them up. They fuck them they up. Really, they break them down just to build them back up again and they do it over and over and over until you're solid as a brick. So... Understandably, anyone that comes out of Tiger Muay Thai and then follows on to MMA and things like that, you know, because it, it's not uncommon for some of the city kickboxing guys to be at Tiger Muay Thai and do a bit of training camps there. They're brutal. The ties there are damn good. Um, and I, I, I really like Rafael. He's a damn good fighter. I'd like to see a little bit more of him, a little bit more activity in 2021 since he's only fought um, once this year. I know that next week at the UFC fight now we've got uh, Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gastelum. That's an interesting fight, to be honest. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, since Cannonier he broke his ulna against uh, uh, Robert Whitaker. Um, I believe that was in the first round, actually, and then uh, then followed to you know then lose against um, to Robert Whitaker. T- taking a bit of time off, it's obviously healed. He's in fighting shape, and then we've also got Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, his last loss was Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they both got a they've got the same last loss on their record. Um, and honestly, it's hold on. So I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think Kelvin Gastelum lost to Robert Whitaker last. Yeah, he did. I think it was another. I think there was another fight before which he had after that. Um, just let me double check because it's just so hard to remember. No, it's Robert, it was Robert. Robert uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. It was Robert Whittaker. Because remember, Paolo pulled out. That's right. Yes. Sick. Yes, correct. And yeah. we never got to see um, Calvin Gaslam fight Robert Whittaker originally for the belt. That's when Calvin had to fight Izzy following the hernia um, yeah. that occurred with Robert Whittaker. So then finally got to fight, and then Rob just pieced him up, just dominated him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He out, out wrestled him as well. Yeah, just dominate him in every every field on the feet and on the on the ground. Yeah. But Canada versus Gaston is very interesting. Yeah, it's a bit quick for Gaston to um to be fighting Canada. Yeah, or considering so, or he's so in April. Yeah, it de- it definitely feels quite soon. But I mean, he's damn good. He's a damn good middleweight. Um, very close to becoming middle middleweight champion. Canada, he's. He was arguably considered one of the dark horses of the middleweight division too, you know, and that's coming from Israel Adesanya, the champion's mouth. Yeah. But I don't know who wins this fight, to be honest. I really don't know. I'm not too sure at this point. I don't really have much argument for either fighters because they both need to win this, especially Gaslam. He's won one of his last five. He lost three fights in a row to Izzy... Darren Till and Jack Manson. But then again, those three are huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're huge. And then you lose to Robert, who's a former champion. So he's lost to two, form, two, two, sorry, one former champion and one current champion. And then one number one contender as well, Darren Till. Yeah. So they're not bad. They're not awful losses. But the thing is, Jared Karanir is kind of like uh, fired up a little bit because 
he had everything going for him and he almost would have fought for the title because he had beat not have lost to Robert. Huh? Had not lost to, yeah. to Robert, yeah. And it was by decision as well. And uh, he broke his uh, owner in that fight, so... Checked a head kick. Yeah. And it was, yeah, from literally blocking his kick, literally saving him from a knockout. So it, co- it did cost him. Uh, it's weird to put my finger on this one, but I'm going to have to say... I think I'm going to say Gasolin by decision. That's what I think. Because if I were to, if off the top of my head, if I were to recall Gaslam versus Robert and Jared versus Robert, I feel as if Gaslam had a little bit more of a chance compared to Robert. Sorry, compared to uh, Jared. Mm. That's how I take it. If I can recall those fights, like, uh, I feel like it was more of a domination of um, Robert versus. Jared, but also again, that could come from the fact that he broke his owner. So, but that's just how I see it. I do feel Gassam being fired up because he needs this much more than Jared does. Because again, when you lose four of your last five, that puts a question mark next to your name. And if you could lose this one, well, Dan's gonna be like, "Hey, man, look, your contract's almost up. I don't watch give me one reason why I should re- uh, why I shouldn't release you and all that sort of stuff." And then Gassam has a lot to learn on because this is an even better. Robert compared to the one that Jared fought. So I think I think that's not there's not a bad like train of thought. I just think I know like I did bring up that their last loss was Robert Whitaker, which meant like they'd fought their last loss was like one of the most high caliber middleweights out there other than Izzy. Um but the thing is that could just be just how they match up with Robert. It won't matter how they match with each other or with a different opponent. I think Cannoneer takes this. I think Cannoneer mm. takes this. He's got knockout power. I think this could be too soon for Gaslam to fight again. And I think, although Gaslam has fought some of the very best out there, I think I think it's a slippery f- slope for Gaslam right now. I... I I don't know. I, I just I rate Cannoneer's athletic ability a lot, especially in the scrambles and things like that. I know Gaston will probably he can he can put his head down and go for that left hook, or he'll try and take you down, right? And I I think Cannoneer's takedown defense is pretty good. I think Cannoneer will probably try and catch Gaston on the way in, maybe mm. maybe maybe slip out knee in the face and then try and follow up after that. But I think he's just trying to, he's going to counter uh, Gassam as he comes in. I think Gassam's going to try and, because it's his, maybe one of his last fights on his contract, if it doesn't go his way, right? I think he'll be desperate, which means he's not going to be standing up and trading. He's going to take uh, a nice easy win, which would be wrestle, take him down. And basically, you know, try and dominate him on the ground. If that happens, all right, that's going to be an issue for Cannonier, right? He's usually just, he's really good on the, on his feet. Um, but I think Cannonier, I just, I rate his athletic ability. I really think he'll be able to move out of the way, keep his distance. If Kelvin's really desperate to get that takedown, he'll be, he'll be ready to squash it and knee him in the face and, 
then continue from there. I, I think Cannoneer. And I think I think Cannoneer by decision. Mm. Either maybe like a left high kick or uh, a knee on the way in. Mm. I think that's... I think he need Canada needs to catch Kasim on the way in. Mm. When when Canada goes in and he's very quick with his double leg takedown, right? Mm-hmm. Or if he's in a really deep s- single leg, right? Canada has to get him, catch him early, and need to catch him on the way in, nice and quick. Um, but that that guy's a fast twitch guy. He's fast, fast as fuck. So um, I think Canada will beat Gaslam. I think so. I think uh, it's just a slippery slope for Gaslam and. I, I don't. Uh, it would be interesting to see because he's going to be desperate now. You know, if you've won f- one of your last five, you've got to be desperate, mm-hmm. really desperate. So I think Kanye wins in that in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we also got the return of the legend, uh, Fedor Emelianenko, who will be fighting again in Bellator. Do we say? Do we, is it agreed on? Yeah, yeah, it is Bellator. I can't remember which uh, the number of the Bellator event that it, that'll be in Moscow, October twenty yeah. third. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Timothy Johnson, or uh, it will be October. Yes, in in Russia. Now we all know Fedor Emelianenko has been one of. If you were to take the pioneers of the sport, he would definitely be up there. And there was at one point where he was considered the greatest fighter in the uh, of all time. In MMA, sorry, he was one, considered one of the greatest fighters of all time in MMA, mm-hmm. and he was definitely in the argument as one of the goats. Uh, yeah. If you could say top, if I could say top five, I would have to say he was one of them. Uh, it was just for the sheer amount of competition that he fought, and he was known for being the guy who would fight people like way above his weight class, mm-hmm. fighting multiple times in one night. He had a professional record of thirty nine and six. His last fight was against Quinton Jackson, which was at uh, December 29th, 2019. And since then, he hadn't fought. But before that, he also fought Ryan Bader in 2019. Uh, let me ask you a question, Jack. Do you really feel like this, this fight is necessary, considering he's now 44 years of age? Um, I don't know. Like, Fader's just... I mean, he's one of those heavyweight legends out there, right? Especially, you know, in MMA. The Russians love him and, you know, he's been active for such a long time. Um, again, it's not the same level of competition, to be fair. You know, he's fighting like a, an older Chael Sonnen, an older Rampage Jackson, people that have passed their prime. Um, it's not the same level as, not the same level of competition as, you know, the UFC and things like that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I c- any time that Emilianenko would fight, I'd go watch, right? Yeah. Just because of, just because it's him. Um, I don't know if I rate his opponent though. I mean, Tim Johnson, uh, ex UFC fighter, um, mixed success in the UFC. To yeah. be honest, you know, uh, his most notable win is Marcin Tybura, who's now I think number nine in the current UFC rankings. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, he was mainly a win-loss guy. He's had a few split decision wins and losses in there. Um, came to Bellator. Wasn't, you know, he, he's, he lost. So his last fight, he's lost to the interim um, Bellator heavyweight champion. I've, I've got to get his name right. Valentin Moldavsky. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, beat Czech Congo, who he'd previously lost to at his, uh, his debut in Bellator. 
beat Matt Mitrione, who was an uh, ex-UFC uh, star mm-hmm. coming off the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's no notable wins to me that come out there and scream, all right, he can fight... He can fight Fedor. Mm-hmm. So it to me, it looks like Fedor has been given an opponent that most likely he will be the most advantageous against. Yeah. So I think Fedor will knock the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> well, they're trying to do it in any way they can to make it fixed towards Fedor, but it, that pretty much Timothy Johnson is about as far as he can go, really. Yeah. In terms of uh, caliber of a fighter he can handle at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. It's just... I don't know why he needs to even fight again. I mean, you already have, have a reti- finished on a win against Quentin Jackson, who was, you know, the heavyweight champion at one point. So uh, it just doesn't make sense to me why, they, why they're doing this. I mean, it, maybe F- he's got Fader, that competitive itch. Fader was looking for a fight, and there was a few names getting thrown out there. Mm. Um, it's just weird. I, I mean, to be fair, Tim, he, I mean... <sighs> He's number two in the Bellator rankings, uh, in the heavyweight rankings, right? But they can fluctuate quite a fair bit because of their, their Grand Prix kind of style of fighting. Um, perhaps they are giving him Tim Johnson because it seems like an a fight that puts him in an advantageous position that if he really wanted to, if he beat Tim, which I think is going to occur, uh, he could have another fight that could maybe set him up for a title fight and then he's done with his career. Get Bellator gold and then you know, then he's done. Yeah. Because you know, he's done strike force. He's done he's been in Bellator. He's been in Pride. He's he's been everywhere. Yeah. Either so, she has. Yeah. So for him to be two time Bell- Bellator champion, that would be massive. And yeah. that, that that's another tick against his name. So um, I just don't see him happening though. I don't see Fedor becoming champion in Bellator at all. Yeah, the level of competition um, has just risen again. Yeah, I mean, again, he, he he beat Ryan Bader. I mean, Ryan Bader, like he's he's. Oh a well, he lost to Ryan Bader. In oh, true, he did. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Um, I mean, to beat Ryan, uh, to beat, to beat Ryan Bader is sorry. For Ryan Bader to beat um, Fedor, it, it you know Ryan Bader is like high level competition. Yes, ex UFC star, but he was two. He was a two division champion in Bellator, right? I mean, then then later gets you know Frank Mir, Charles Sun, and then he you know they and then Rampage Jackson. You know they know where they're going with this. They're giving him ex UFC stars that have a notable name, and now they're bringing out Tim Johnson, who a lot of people probably won't know. Off the top of the head, yeah. So I know, I think I know what they're doing with this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. What do you think? I feel like again, then maybe they just want to give him one or two more, just because he's itching to get a fight. And then I believe his neck. They're just going to keep keep giving him all these fighters until eventually he either gets bored or he loses and had enough. Really, I just kind of feel like what I kind of feel like what they're doing. It just, I just don't see the point in. Like, well, what are you trying to achieve, man? Like, because if you keep going down this road, then you're going to find someone who's just going to put you away and then you're going to finish your career in a loss or you just can stay, you're going to keep sustaining all this damage and you're getting much, much older, especially when you're in your 40s as well and you want to 
fought so many times against absolute killers, especially in heavyweight division where those guys just got all that dynamite in their hands. It just doesn't... I don't know. I feel like if he wins, okay, good. You're going to have a win in your loss and you can just move on now. But if he loses, I'm like, well, you're the guy who had it all, came back and lost someone who really kind of wasn't really that great. You know what I mean? I mean, before his fight with Rampage Jackson, he was contemplating uh, retirement. Oh, yeah, yeah I've got to double check. Um, I didn't mean two-time Bellator champion. I was mixing up yeah. um, pride with Bellator for a second. Yeah. Um, but with, with Fedor... Like he's, he before his fight with Rampage Jackson, he signed a new deal with Bellator, right? And it was a, like a new multi fight. But whenever they say multi fight, they never tell you how many they've got left, yeah. right? And it doesn't really. They can still have multiple fights on their contract, and it doesn't mean he still has to fight. He could just retire. But how many fights did he, you know, ask for on that contract to start off with? I'd like to know because he's fought Rampage now. For once, now he's fighting Tim. If he beats Tim, will he retire? Or will he somehow slide into, you know, the rankings in Bellator and then try and go for gold one more time? You know, to try and get that, that Bellator belt. Mm. You know, it, these are the questions that go through mine, but I still think Fedor runs through Tim. Yeah. I think he, I mean, Tim's yeah. 36 years old. Yeah. Ex UFC star is a bit of mixed success. Not as high level competition as Rampage Jackson, Chael Sonnen, etc. So I think, f and, and Fedor dealt with those guys pretty well. Yeah. I don't feel the fight going distance at all. I feel like it's going to be done in the first couple of rounds. I reckon second round KO. I reckon. Second round KO. I reckon the first round KO or first round submission. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, apologies, but we've got to wrap it up there because I've got to head back to work. Uh, but thank you very much, guys. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you taking the time uh, listen to this. Uh, keep updated on our Instagram page. We're putting out a lot more uh, interviews now, so we're getting a whole bunch of guests, so we're going to keep constant stream of content coming. Make sure you like and subscribe. Of course, always if you want to support the podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com. And, of course, once again, thank you to our sponsor, Hempcount Labs, who yes. and use our promo code... Uh, LSP. LSP. LSP for 10% off all their CBD products, oil, gummies, vapes, things like that. Go for it, guys. Enjoy it. Um, hope you love the podcast. Um, and uh, just if have a check on our description below uh, and click the link on our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye.